We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Hi, I'm Keely, and it's Tuesday, the 23rd of the 5th, uh, 2023. And I'm Wentz. And you're listening to... The, the New, New Blurt. Blurt. I can't take it anymore! Good afternoon, good evening, good day, and good morning, Blurtsters, wherever you are around the world. You are listening to The New Blurt. You absolutely are listening to the new blurt. Now, we have had a few technical issues. Sorry for anyone that has been holding on to uh, listen to us or watch us. I do, and we do, uh, profusively apologise, but this is how I feel, if it makes you feel any better. AK-47, when you absolutely, positively got to kill every mother in the world, except no substitutes. That is pretty much how I feel yeah. at the moment. Okay. But that's and yes, absolute... and yes, we did turn it off and on again. So yeah. if anyone asks, okay. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so also, before anyone asks, and before we go any further, tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri Country, Kulin Nation of the Wurundjeri people. Sovereignty was never ceded; always has been, and always will be Aboriginal land. Over you, Wendy. I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I would live and work, the Yagra and Turbals people. Sovereignty was never ceded. Beautiful work. So for tonight's show, we will be um, uh, uh, right off the top of the um, of the bracket, as they say. Uh, sports of all sorts. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, the FIFA World Cup uh, for the women, 2023. It's being hosted uh, by Australia and New Zealand, so I thought we should definitely spend a little bit of time on that. Considering we've got one of the best players in the world playing for Australia, I thought we should definitely spend a bit of time for that. Um, uh, we're also going to look at the world of mushrooms and um, in our science segment, <laughs> in our science segment, I hope your breath is not too baited, but there you go. Um, uh, yeah, in our science segment, and Wentz is going to be sweeping the marine floor with his uh, ocean mop, as it were. He's got some, uh, he's got, yeah, he's got some uh, good things to um, tell people there from a marine science point of view. And um, on this day, we're going to be talking about, I've got, on this day, it's National Taffy Day today. So if you don't know what Taffy is, I'll explain what that is. It's also, believe it or not, yes, and it's National Donut Day or National Donut Week in the UK. So we'll have a look at a bit of the history of that awesome. as well. So there you go. Uh, good evening, Wincy. Fantastic uh, to have you. And have you been tasered this week? Um, no. Um, I don't think it's something I would like to try at this point. Maybe when I turn 95, I might see if I can um, antagonise some some New South Wales coppers and, and um, yeah, see if I can get tasered. I think that's a bit of a challenge. Is, is that something that you would like to extrapolate on? Is there something you're not telling us, uh, Wenty? Uh, <laughs> yes, people right. may have heard by now that um, a 95-year-old got tasered by a, a New South Wales police person. Um, can't remember if it was male or female. I think it was male. I think it was male. Yeah, so apparently she confronted them with a, a knife 
whilst using a walker. Oh. So you can you can imagine you can imagine how menacing she she must have looked at the time when she was approaching the, the policeman. So yes, yes, yeah. um, uh, she must have been going very very quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. For them to like get out tortoise, of the way, really. Yes, well, I've I've seen those walkers and they're more like crawlers. So mm. um, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, she did have a knife. I mean, unfortunately, you know, she's a dementia patient my um partner's uh um dad has uh, got dementia and has had it for a few years although he sort of only really realized it the last couple of years because he sort of only let us know in in a way but um but he's pretty bad and i don't think he would do that but he does do a lot of things that distresses people and he doesn't mean it's just that yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know if you know much about uh, dementia or if you've had much um, contact y yourself with it, Wensi, but it's, um, yeah, it's so de de debilitating. It's absolutely um, incredible. I mean, from our point of view, it was, um, you know, a guy that uh, used to be CEO of a, a major airline years ago, a major um, low-cost airline, and, and, you know, and now... And now you're just sort of down to, um, you know, finding it just difficult just to get through the day and, mm. and get, like me right now, uh, putting words together. Um, but, you know, they've got much a better excuse than I do. Yeah. But getting back to this, I also believe that this guy has been suspended with full pay, I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about the full pay. I did hear that, that he'd um, been suspended. Um but I, I, I guess part of the problem is is how uh, nursing homes and and the police force deal with these issues. Is is it correct? Should they be reviewing their practices? Um, because surely a bit of common sense would say that you don't taser a ninety five year old. I don't care what the protocols are. I mean, if she had a machine gun, maybe. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> but um but yeah i mean i i know what you mean look it all comes down to education it all comes mm. down to as you say what um programs are going through in the police force when it comes to uh i hate the word sorry i really don't like the uh phrase dealing with um i don't like that uh there's a better way of, of saying that but um uh trying to accommodate um someone with uh dementia and mm. and and be the best for them that they can be even in that bad situation and and i think it comes down to just not enough training you know and mm. so you get into that situation i i think it's i think it's pretty bad for the person that did it because if, if you think about it right if you were someone and you tasered a 95 year old i'm pretty sure you wouldn't be feeling unless you're a complete you know sociopath Mm. I don't think you'd be feeling very good about yourself. No, no. Um, no I do sympathise for him as well because, yeah, it's not – the reaction obviously is going to be terrible no matter who, who you talk to. But, yeah, it still must go th through your mind going, why did I do it? Was it the right thing to do? Well, I, I, think, she's in, I think she's in ICU now. Yeah, I think she, uh, she's been stable and then became unstable and stable again. Yeah. So I think she's I mean, got 
some time. Hopefully she'll recover, but it's not looking great. No, no. Um, yeah, look, it's a really unfortunate one, this one. I mean, sort of reminds me of something that happened in Sydney, I think it was last year, when this 85-year-old protester um, who's really well-known in um, in Sydney circles, mm. uh, he's an 85-year-old uh, protester. He's been, like, protesting heaps of, heaps of things for years type thing. And, um, and he was arrested quite aggressively at one of the um, train stations right. and at 85. And mm. um, he did, I think he did some damage to his leg or something because, wow. um, yeah, because they were just too bloody aggressive with him. He's mm. an 85 year old man. Yeah. I mean, hold your horses. I mean, seriously. So, yeah. Um, yeah Terrible we, thing. We need to be much, much better with our elderly because mm-hmm. we are going to be it soon. Well, yes, yeah, so one, soon, one, but, one day. Yeah, well, some people at work would say, I'm there now. But uh, there you go. It's, Some might you know, say that now, tonight. Yes, that's well, right. That's, that's exactly right. Exactly. But the thing is, you go, you know, you go to work at our age now, you just look around and you just go, you could be my son, you could be my yeah. daughter, you could be my yeah. daughter, you could be my grandson. You could, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's frightening, isn't it? <laughs> it is frightening. Yes, it's very, very frightening. Yeah, right, Something else to be... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah, actually, talking about that, I've got my um, I've got my uh, third bow kit coming through, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be great. Uh... <laughs> Yay! Something to talk about in the future. Let's talk about bowel movement and um, yeah, how to get tested. Apparently, apparently, that's a big conversation starter when you get quite a bit older. Um, apparently, what did you get on your fiftieth? Oh, got a bowel cancer kit from the government. What do you get? Uh, oh, the same thing. Oh, that's yeah, not very creative. Exactly. No, it's not creative. But I tell you what, though, they they are very preventative. And uh, if you are anyone listening to this show and fifty, and you've had your uh, you've had your fiftieth, and you did get your kit, and you haven't um, uh, gone through with it, please go through with it. This is my third one, and they do prevent bowel cancer, and they're really easy, really, really easy. I couldn't um, want to promote this anymore. So, and use the kit before it expires. I had no idea they had expiry dates. Yes, and mm. just be careful when you keep the stuff in the fridge. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. Yeah, no, years ago, um, I remember, I, I can't remember what happened, but I remember that I had one of my kits in the work fridge. <laughs> uh, people are going, what is this shit? And you went, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. 100% direct. Um, uh, oh, you sort of just looked at people, you don't want to know. But um, but anyway, well, well, what, now what, what, you could also call it a shitsicle. Oh, you could, you could do that. Yeah. You could do that. You could do that. You could do that. Now, ah, oh, you're on to the joke. So, talking about jokes, I believe you have a bit of show and tell, then, my friend. Ah, uh, yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, you mentioned at, at the start of the show about a comedian who's been banned in in China. So I don't know if many people out there know Uncle Roger. 
who is played by Nigel Ng, who's a Malaysian comedian. Um, I think this is a very Not short one. Not intimately. Not intimately. No. I have known his work for a while now. He basically um, uh, does cooking shows, in inverted commas, for those listening on the podcast. Um, and he lampoons, I guess, many of the famous chefs. Oh, um, is he good? Is he funny? Yeah, he's good. He's funny. He's funny. And he oh, loves his okay. MSG. His MSG is his magic powder that goes right. into all the foods. Um, yeah, so he, we're watching something where, because we've recently been watching um, uh, on 7 Plus app, Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, and, yeah. And one of my kids has just fallen in love with Ramsay because of his swearing and the way he tackles things. But even though he seems very aggressive, he just has this nurturing side of him where he picks up a rundown restaurant and gets them um, profitable again. So long story short, we saw um, that was a long story. A clip. We saw a clip of uh, Uncle Roger and Gordon Ramsay. But at the end of that was this clip that I'm about to play. Okay. Beautiful. Um, for people on the pod, Uncle Roger has uh, pulled his face when he said China was a good country. So because he was lampooning the um, the Chinese government and, um, yeah, yeah, because he was criticising the Chinese government, his accounts in China got, got banned. So, yeah. Accounts meaning, sorry... Uh, meaning... uh, social media accounts. Oh, but okay. But you said he's in Malaysia, yeah? He's a Malaysian comedian. But yeah, because he's got a social presence in China, those right. accounts got banned. So he, so okay. anything he he probably has that we can watch, they ah. can't watch now in China. Got so it. Banned him. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Well, that's not abnormal. Um... No, not the first time, I guess. No. And I mean, you know, I mean... The Australian government are banning TikTok for mm. the same sort of reason that it's, yeah. uh, you know, Chinese, as it were. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that or or not, but uh, sometimes I think maybe we, we get a little bit too, um, too sort of antsy on these things, uh, a little mm. bit too dogmatic about yeah. China. Although, I mean... I'm very, very well aware of their um, of their human rights records and these sort of things. I'm also mm. well aware of things that we've done to um, refugees in this country as well. Mm. But um, but I'm not same I'm not um, same isms in if you know what I mean. I'm not mm. saying it's the same, but I'm just yeah. saying that you know people in glass houses sort of stuff. But yeah. um, but anyway. And also, I read this week about bikes were being replaced uh, by cars during the pandemic. So we're saying that we had heaps more um, uh, bikes on the road during the pandemic. Is that, is that right? Is that what you're... Yeah, I have come across something similar. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I guess people had disposable income because they weren't going out um, and you couldn't go far especially you guys in Melbourne. You only had 5K limits at one point. So now, people... now, now. Keep it nice. Keep it nice. Yes. Or Uncle Kegs um, is going to get narky. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, people would have kept, uh, wanted to keep going outside throughout the pandemic, so they would have been buying 
more bikes. Yeah, Do you have well, any other? Yeah, no. Info all, all on that? Was, yeah, all I was going to say about that as well was that what I remember, and I remember it fondly, actually being locked down for so long, that um, there was bugger all traffic. It was, it was mm. like it was it was like the old days. You could walk yeah. around your streets and you could actually hear the birds and mm. actually smell something that wasn't freaking fossil fuel fumes. Yeah. Um, it was actually a really nice time and, and we, we had remarked on it quite a few times. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm quite happy if we get knocked, locked down a little bit again. But um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's many people that don't want to hear that. But what I did hear actually... Um, at the start, uh, obviously, our show is called We Stand With Stan, and what that's all about is um, Stan Grant um, hosts a Quanda Q&A on the ABC. Well, he did for a while, and um, he has been receiving racist um, and just abusive, horrible death threats, not just yeah. him, to his family and all the rest yeah. of it. And I believe it all kicked off because of um, stuff that he said about the coronation Mm. Um, that was um, the antithesis of sort of what they were talking about, i.e. he was talking about the history of colonialisation yeah. in Australia and what it did to his um, mm. mob and his family and, and his history, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, he's got absolutely every right to um, talk about that as well because, as we mm. both know, it's absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. But anyway, he's been, um, he, he has been uh, racially vilified um, online and as i say he's had death threats to his family etc so so much so that those geniuses that did that um have now uh forced him to sort of rethink and and step away from the media um for a while which is um which look i i i've said to you before that i'm i'm on both sides on this nothing to do with the racial side whatsoever Mm. Um, I'm on the side that um, Stan Grant, at times as a journalist, um, I think he can be a little bit vindictive and aggressive. I saw him interview um, uh, Tim Minchin once, and I was mm -hmm. just like, it just it wasn't it it, it wasn't the right um, wasn't the right vibe the way mm. that okay. that he did the interview. It was just mm. it was quite quite aggressive to to interview a artist, like a, mm. a musical artist. And I just, I didn't, I didn't quite get it. Didn't agree with it. Yeah. No, I didn't. And, and I've seen Stan before. I mean, I think he used to be on Sky or whatever it was, or Fox in, in America. And as we have talked about on the show before, very, very bright man, uh, super mm. bright man. I mean, very knowledgeable I and yeah, he speaks Chinese fluently. He lived there for a number of years. And so, yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely, and he, he absolutely does not deserve this treatment. So we do stand with Stan. We absolutely do. Absolutely. And hopefully um, with him stepping away from the media, and because he said in his in his closing speech on Q&A last night that um, he wanted to step away, not because of all this vitriol necessarily, but because... He is in the media machine and he's part of the machine and he wants to reevaluate what's the next step, I guess. So, um, and it also doesn't help the fact that ABC didn't quite support him either. So why would you want to be part of that? 
environment if you're not getting supported by by your, your management and things like that. So he has every right to do what he's done. Well, I think the, I, I think the board and the management, I don't think they came out and backed him. Um, no. And I think, I think you alluded it, alluded, alluded, I think you alluded to it today um, that in Sydney, uh, there's a whole bunch of journalists in the ABC were supporting, uh, were out there sort of protesting, uh, supporting mm. um, Stan. And yeah. um, I could tell the audience were, were very much uh, on his side because I, yeah. I know what you were talking about then when you're talking about the latest um, episode. But but anyway, as we say, we wholeheartedly do stand with Dan. And just yep. one more thing on that as well. The no campaign is um, uh, is been uh, firing misinformation and disinformation. Surprise, uh, surprise. Left, right, and center. The, the 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 latest one. The latest one is um, that they thought they found the grandson of Vincent uh, Lingari, which mm. they absolutely did not. And if they had asked the guy, he would have told them he wasn't the grandson of mm. Vincent Lingari. They then forced words into his mouth. Warren Mundine just sent a price, put it on a tweet, and then sent it all around. And then RMIT fact-checked it, and it was a complete load of bollocks. And I heard yeah. a, I heard an Indigenous uh, slash First Nations uh, reporter this morning from The Guardian talking about it, and she mm-hmm. uh, 100% backed up that uh, story. So, yeah, yeah, so the No campaign is, is I mean, they're not well, even yeah, respectable. All the dirty tricks. Yeah, they're not even respectable. It's just ridiculous. And, yeah. and, and the town halls that they've done so far, apparently all of them have been white panels. Don't even get me started. Wow, Don't okay. even get me started. So, uh, boy, yeah, yeah. So, what you'll notice, people, when you listen to uh, the podcast, uh, you'll notice right on the end of our podcast, you'll um, hear a little five or six minute video each week until the referendum, hopefully, really, really, hopefully, is uh, passed positively, mm. um, and we have First Nations people talking about what it means to them and what it is. And we will do that until the referendum is done. Nice work. Absolutely. So with that, I think we now have sports of all sorts. Now I'm just going to play this and we'll just go straight in because I still don't have a sting for it, which is pretty pathetic, but there you go. I'm listening to the new blurt with Wensi and the Kexta, and you should be too. It's on Tuesday nights, live from around 8 p.m. Now, uh, you wanted to talk about... Polling is the sport I'll be talking about. Okay. Um, I, thought had a, I thought it had another name. What did I say it was? Toppling? No, yes, but... Uh, Boa Tashi or something? Ah, yes, yes. So it's a Japanese sport um, called Bo Taoshi. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Um, you're welcome. It's a Japanese sport believed to have started around about World War II by the Japanese militia. Interesting. Militia. Yeah, okay. so All it's right. played by cadets at the National Defense Academy in Japan at their annual induction ceremony. And it used to be played in schools, but most schools ban it now due to its uh, violent nature, as you'll see very soon in the video. Nice. Just to give you a bit of an idea of how it's played, it's 150 players in total. So not a small sport. 150? Yes. 
two teams of them, so 300 in total. 75 of one team act as defenders, 75 act as attackers. Exactly. Sure. <laughs> the defenders, which are 70, the 75 defenders, wear white tops and the attackers wear a coloured top. I can't right. even get my head around this. Where, the hell, where are they playing this? Uh, on a big field, so they'll be on a big, um, like a soccer field or football uh, pitch or something like that. The idea is that you have a defender that sits on top of a pole. I thought you were saying on protect... the other person. Jesus, I mean, God, <laughs> uh, they're going to be close to each other. Don't want to play this see. during COVID. <laughs> Maybe they did have a hiatus during COVID, but yes. Um, so you, you have a defender that sits on top of the pole. His name is, um, they call him Saru, which means or translates to monkey. So he nice. sits there on top of the pole like a monkey, protecting okay. the that top of the pole so the, defend, uh, the attackers don't get to it. And the idea is that the attackers attack um, the opposition and try to topple that pole that the Saru is sitting on. And once it gets to 30 degrees, they declared the winner. And because the two teams are playing at the same time, you can easily see who's won first and you've got judges at all sides. I think you need to do show and tell on I this. Think, I don't I know we'll if do anyone is following you on this okay. or, it's just, yeah. or it's just me. Or it's just me. Right. I'm definitely not following you. Okay. Um, this is going to be interesting. Okay, yeah. we, we'll definitely get back to that because I absolutely want to see what the hell's going on. Mm. But um, what I did want to talk about is FIFA. If people don't know, yes, absolutely. So... I've got a little bit of stuff here. Apparently, Australia FIFA, i.e. the World Cup for Women, which is being hosted by Australia and New Zealand, I believe. Um, our first game is the 20th of July, um, and we're playing the Republic of Ireland at 8 o'clock in Sydney. And then the next game is uh, Lang Park, Brisbane. That's on the 27th of July. And then uh, Amy Park, CBD, Canada, Australia, on the 31st of July. If I am correct, I believe that must be Melbourne. Yeah. What, what was the last one? 31st of July. So there's one in there for you for Brisbane. Yeah, that's Lang Park, Suncorp Stadium. Yeah, that one is on the 27th of July. So okay. I, I will definitely let my family know because we were just talking about it before. So mm -hmm. and that'll be Canada, Australia. So um, I'll, I'll, we'll let our um, Mick the Ambo know as well because yep. uh, I know that his boy plays soccer and enjoys soccer, so they'll probably mm. want to go to that game. So yeah. I'll have to have a chat to him about that. Um, what's really interesting is Sam Kerr, which I will see if I can just uh, see if I can just get her up on the screen in, in case people do not know what Sam Kerr uh, looks like. And I will just get that added to the screen. There we go. Mm -hmm. So that's our Sam Kerr. And she earns about $513,000 a year um, wow. for, playing, for playing football which is, is not bad. It's not bad. And she is one of the best players in the world and one of, uh, I think yeah. she's I think she's the best player in Australia. I'm not 100% yeah. sure of that. That's a far cry from what the male footballers earn, that's for sure. Ah, uh, yes. Well, let's have a look. So the highest paid 
um, footballer, uh, the highest, highest paid, um, reportedly, is Cristiano Ronaldo, three point four million pounds. Now the difference is that's per week. Jeez, per week. Per week. So the the guy in the top ten, like the tenth most highest paid, is three hundred fifty k a week. And she's getting basically, well, she's getting less than that a year. So yeah. it just shows you the um, uh, the parity. There isn't any. Um, no, hell no. But, Far from parity. No, nah, it's pretty bad. It's pretty terrible. But I really do look forward um, look forward to uh, watching. Um, what I did want to talk about Sam Kerr is that she is a uh, global uh, football star. And she's mm-hmm. got heaps of uh, accolades. She's been one of Australia's best players for ages. I think she's, uh, yeah, so she's uh, the uh, Chelsea's top scorer. So she's done this before. She did this in 2019 and 20, mm-hmm. uh, having netted 32 goals in all competitions in similar fashion, as I just said. Um, number 20 picked up the Golden Boot Award for the final day of the season, scoring twice against Manchester United to help secure back-to-back WSL trophies with Chelsea. Um, I said last week uh, that was uh, FIFA. Oh, sorry, um, uh, not FIFA, um, the FA Cup. Yeah. I was I was wrong. It was the WSL season, which I believe right. is the Women's Soccer, soccer League. League. Be my guess, yes, yeah. yes, I think so. But I'll, I'll definitely 100 um, confirm that. But um, she's received a number of prestigious accolades for a superb display in front of goal, claiming the WS Player and Goal of the Season awards, um, WF Player of the Year, blah 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 blah. Player of the Year at the London Football uh, Awards was named. Um, you name it, she's won it. So mm. it just shows you how good this girl is, and yeah. um, it's. I mean, it's awesome that she's earning at least half a million a year. That's, I mean, that's that's good good wage for you know. I'll be very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't have her talent, and um, no. and that's okay. I'm all right with that. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's just so disgusting that the men um just get paid. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, as Vicky says, it's so enraging, and I agree with you. Well. Wholeheartedly, Vicky, it is. It is uh, pretty terrible. Um, I do think that uh, the women probably shouldn't get paid as much as the men because the men have been doing it for a lot longer and they um, came up years ago and were getting paid rubbish and it took them a long time to get paid well. But I do think that we do need to start getting parity somewhere near Mm. it um, because it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, and it's got to start with um, sponsors, and the promoters and the sports governing body to start promoting it and putting more shows on or more events so that uh, we do get to watch it and it becomes popular. Don't just put it at 10 o'clock at night or or put it on hard-to-reach services. Yeah, no. So it's got to be visible. Otherwise, how's it going to catch on? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if you remember, but the the old government we used to, to have, uh, I mean, it seems so long ago now, uh, like it was a different uh, <laughs> century. Um, but anyway, um, they gave money. I think they gave like twenty or thirty million or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was something like that to Sky. 
Right. Sky Sports, because when it comes to women's sports, Sky Sports is number one. Mm. Uh, sure is. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Whereas, yeah. obviously, if they invested that into the ABC, they could have mm. shown far more women's sports on, yeah. on that. And, um, yeah. you know, and it just would have been um, far more uh, transparent for people, as you say, to be able to see and just mm. much easier to be able to see. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, those games are there, Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne. So if you're in any of those uh, city states, uh, do yourself a favour. Get down mm. there and watch some women's soccer. We are definitely yeah. going to try to get in. I reckon they will probably sell out in Melbourne. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Mm. Um, and... Because I mean, it's you know, it's it's world class soccer. So yeah, um, I'll be yeah, no, uh, yeah. just as entertaining as the men. So oh, look, uh, absolutely. I've seen Sam Kerr play; she's phenomenal. Every time she kicks mm. a goal, she does backflips, and she usually kicks a few. So that's quite a few backflips. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, amazing. But yeah, no, no, she's yeah, that's phenomenal. So anyway, you do so far, but check out when they're on. I did give you those dates. Uh, yep. We might put the dates in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah, the link sounds in there, good. And you can you can have a look. So now, hopefully, you have a little bit on Boo Tashi. Uh, Bo Taoshi. Ah, yes, that one. So um, don't know if that's how we going? It. Do, do you think right. it's going to work this time? I have no idea. Let's pray to the internet gods. I am praying to the internet gods. Hopefully you can hear something. Not that you really need to. I can to hear a hear lot it. of noise. Yes, I can hear a lot of noise. A lot of yelling. <laughs> what the actual? It's like a war game. You think? <laughs> It's brutal. What are they doing? What are they doing? So you can see the ones with the coloured tops. They're clambering on top of the white tops, trying to get past the defence. And the red is the opposing team. So you can see the two screens, and so they're both competing at the same time. So the idea is you're trying to push that pole. And the dude on top of the pole is just trying to stay there, is he? Yeah, and if if attackers try to climb the pole, he, they are allowed to push, kick, punch. See, see how the white one on the left pushed them? Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny to watch. One dude doesn't have a shirt. Yeah, it's been ripped off. <laughs> i got to tell you, that's one of the dumbest games I've ever seen. Oh, here we go. Yeah, the one on the left, they've won it. There you go. <laughs> so the one on the left won? Yeah, because they got the pole uh, angled at 30 degrees or less. Right. So. Japanese. Yes. It's, there, is some, uh, there is something about the Japanese. I, I don't know what it is, but they have the, honestly, the dumbest games in history. I mean, have you ever seen some of their game shows? Have, have you TV seen game their... shows? I know. Oh, so bizarre, aren't they? God, they're just, I mean, they're entertaining. Don't get me wrong, they're entertaining. But, um, yeah, no, they're nuts. They're, they're off their jobs. There's no doubt about it. But, um, but yeah, there you go. Well, that was pretty interesting. And mm. um, we do have some other stuff that's pretty interesting. So, 
just okay. stick around. Whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. On this day. So as I had spoken to at the top of the show, um, on this day, it's National Taffy Day. And if you don't know what taffy is and where it comes from, apparently this is what it looks like. Taffy. So that's taffy. What is that? Now, I'm going to tell you. So they celebrate the favourite sweet, apparently, the Chewy Treat on National Taffy Day. Taffy has a long history as America's native sweets. Common law has it that in the 1880s, Jersey Shore candy uh, shop got flooded, soaking the shop's taffy stock with Atlantic salt water. On a lark, the owner sold the candy as salt water taffy. Now, I've heard of salt water taffy, but I never knew what it was. And an American delicacy was born. Yeah, like mac and cheese and cheese in a can. And yeah, great. Today, (laughs) yeah, don't even. Today, it's sold on boardwalks up and down the eastern seaboard of the US and has even found its way to landlocked candy shops. National Taffy Day is a day to indulge in the sweet pastime of unwrapping that twisty wax paper and popping a chewy bit of taffy into your mouth. Yum, apparently. Um, The timeline goes, I just popped the timeline up. So that's the timeline. That is the timeline. Might have to read it out for those who are listening. Absolutely. That's a great idea. So in 1817, taffy is mentioned in the print for the first time in the Oxford uh, English Dictionary. And in the mid-1800s, the soft, chewy taffy is very popular during this time. In the 1870s, the evolution of taffy. Candy pulling leads the process of taffy pulling. Now, I'm making the assumption that taffy pulling is very similar to when you go to like a, a lolly store Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the old timey ones, and they yeah. show you how they make like the boiled sweets, and you see them yeah. pull those. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, well, it's I'm sure hot, that's the same. Pull and stretch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure we're talking about the same thing. Now, a new laffy taffy in the shape of a long cord arrives on the market in 2005, and there you go. So that is the basically the timeline of taffy. Now. The other thing I did want to mention is it's National Donut Week mm-hmm. as well. So, yes, we've wow, got yum, all the yum, tricks yum, on yum. this show. Yes, you, you like a donut, don't you? Um, um, a I, don't mind, I don't mind. Yeah, uh, are you? You're out of sweet tooth? Yeah, very much so. Oh, Go to a God. restaurant, first thing I look at, what's on the dessert menu? You and my mother-in-law would just get on famously. She always reads the menu backwards, always, absolutely always. So, um, And as you know, uh, Melbourne has got so many incredible cake shops, so I'm sure that Mm. you'll be be doing some trawling when you're down here in a few weeks' time. Yes, I will be. (laughs) Very much so. 
cakes. <clears throat> now, what I want to say was whatever. the independent Hertfordshire bakery, Simmons Bakers, uh, for National Donut Week last year, produced an extra range of hand-finished luxury donuts, the sales of which they donated a portion. We sold over 3,500 donuts, donating 25p each and raising 900 pounds. Oh, that's pretty damn good. But mm. if you mm. uh, donated 50p, you would have raised 1,800 pounds. Mm. So, you know, I'm, I'm only saying that because usually they're pretty bloody expensive now. I mean, I don't know about you, but they're just around the corner from where I work. There's a fantastic donut place, but they're like 10 bucks a donut. Geez, that's expensive. I've, I know. I've seen, I've seen the fancy, the fancy ones, um, at seven or eight bucks, but not ten. Yeah, it's just off the charts, wow. ridiculous. I mean, admittedly, they taste good, but my god, ten bucks—that's just ridiculous. So anyway, it was a fantastic way for us to offer support in the way we know best. Sweet treats. We honoured to have. Um, been able to contribute such a worthy cause, etc. etc. Welsh Bakers Jenkins Bakery comment, uh, commented David Jenkins Limited is proud to participate in National Donut Week. It's a seasonal event that our staff and bakery and uh, retail teams look forward to, blah, 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 blah. So, as I said, National Donut Week, which is really interesting because one of my bosses was carrying around a box of Krispy Kremes today. I wonder if he realizes it's National Donut Week. I, don't know. <laughs> if I will. But, I will um, have to look for them in in Adelaide when I'm when I'm there tomorrow and get work to pay for it as a work expense. Yes, you definitely one hundred percent should do that. There's no doubt about it. So mm. they're the hand twisted ones on the right. Nice. They look pretty amazing, don't they? And even the ones on the left look pretty damn good as well. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's almost a meal, isn't it? Nice. These days, not like your regular, like the ones we used to have when we were kids, where it was just a plain jam donut or. Um, chocolate covered on top or a strawberry, yeah. which is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I've always been a cinnamon donut guy. I, I've always been a cinnamon donut guy and I, I still love just, just the normal yes. everyday cinnamon donut. But I, yeah. but I do remember the jam donuts and it's funny you say that because I remember years ago when I used to play golf, I used to drive down and there used to always be this van on the side of the road about 25 minutes out from when I got to the golf course and they had hot dogs, they had mm-hmm. big ams, and they had um, jam-filled uh, donuts. So that was my oh. lunch before I started. Very, nice. very nutritious. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do like the, um, the hot jam donuts that you get from the Royal Melbourne show or any of the shows around Australia. Oh. Um, or the Vic oh, Market. Yes, yes, uh, yes. In Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I, I just must prefer the the cinnamon type um, far more than this American sort of shit. Mm, yeah. um, only my opinion, obviously. But um, yeah. but I've never been a Krispy Kreme fan ever since they no. they came over. So you know, yeah. Um, for a sweet tooth like me, I I find Krispy Kremes way too sweet. Yeah, they're just ridiculous, aren't they? Mm, they really. I can are. feel my enamel just dissolving as I eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you, I, I tell you what happens to me, and I remember when I was in London, this happened a lot too because the the um, flavour profile is different. So believe it or not, they um, their chocolates, etc., uh, are sweeter. The same chocolate is sweeter yeah, okay. than, it, than it is here. Interesting. Um, yeah, it is. It is interesting, but it used to just um, <laughs> put me over the edge because what would happen is I'd take a bite of a chocolate bar and I just – 
it's weird. I get this sensation. It goes straight up, um, straight up through my head sort of thing. Mm. And it's, it's sort of like I'm high or something. It's, it's really Ooh. weird because it's so That's sweet. Fun. Yeah. The same chocolate bar here in Australia, I, I, the exact same one. Okay. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get the same, which, exactly. and it's a weird feeling. It's not a particular one I, that I like. I mean, mm. sometimes it's okay. I mean, you're like, oh, that was quite cool. But um, it's, not some, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not something you want to feel all the day. So no. feel all the time. So it's interesting. I mean, America's the same. They're sweeter again than the mm. UK. So, you know, that's why Krispy Kreme is so... And that's what I was going to say. That's what Krispy Kreme does to me. As soon as I take a bite, it's just a... Mm. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'm so sorry. Nothing hurts my soul more than getting a bunch of money from paid sponsorship. Cash for comment. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of cash, have you tried the new cash app? <laughs> Send and receive money from anyone instantly with the cash app. Oh, God. Say you want to get $10,000 from Valvoline just for mentioning the word Valvoline. Just give them your cash app username and they can send it to you immediately. No questions asked. Download the cash app today. Valvoline. <laughs> Now, I played that because it's funny, but yeah. I also played it, and I just remembered why, because <laughs> our fantastic friend Dan Illick, yes, it's 125 episodes next week. So, yes, he should be live and with us with a bit of luck. He did promise, I believe, but, yes, yes we won't hold he him is. to that. He's, yeah, he's scheduled in. He's definitely scheduled yeah. in, and uh, he was looking forward to it. So, excellent, um, excellent. Yes, Can't wait. so look out for that, people. Yes, it should be a bit of fun. So he's apparently he was uh, emceeing Russell Crowe's not not his wedding, but he was emceeing some party or something. So that would be an interesting conversation. And plus, he's been doing lots of other stuff as well. So mm. yeah, it'll be lots to talk oh, about with. Um, let's find out next week, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now back onto you on the right. stage. Sorry, I'm going to yeah. quickly go through it for uh, because we're starting to run out of time. We um, are indeed, and it's getting late. Uh, on this day, 1430, so a long time ago, Joan of Arc was captured in Compiègne, Compiègne and was then oh, yes. sold to the English. Sold um, to the English? Yeah, so she went wow. through a trial and other things and after the skirmish where she basically um, gave herself in, they took her away and they sold her off to, I think it was a, a French uh, bishop, but was an English sympathizer. So, yeah, complex. I'll put the links in there, but very interesting history. Um, and she was executed, not executed, burnt at the stake a year later, almost almost to the day. Uh, in the year 1576, King Frederick mm -hmm. of Denmark mm -hmm. offers moral, the island... Moral to that story is don't yes. be a nurse in the when? What hundreds was that? Uh, 1400s. Yeah, don't be a nurse in the 1400s because dickheads will think you're a witch. So, yes, yes. Mm. And she was only 19 when, yeah, when they burnt her at the stake. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. So next yeah. one, 1576, the year 1576, King Frederick of Denmark offers the island Havine to the astronomer and nobleman uh, Tycho Brahe, or Bray, I don't know how you pronounce his surname, uh, where he built an, an observatory at the time. He was doing um, one of the most accurate measurements of the sky without using a telescope because it was pre-telescopes. And he oh charted um, accurate 
measurements of comets and um, positions of stars and things like that. So he's a very famous astronomer for those who um, are into astronomy. In the year 1785, Benjamin Franklin announced um, his invention of bifocals, good old uh, dual lens uh, seeing glasses. So even what though he did. 15, no, 1785. 1785, and that was today. 1785 today, exactly. Yes. Wow. That's when he yeah. announced that he invented it. He, he's not credited to actually, he wasn't the very first to have created the bifocals. Others had tried but not succeeded so well. But his invention where he literally cut um, two lenses in half, put one for long distance, one for short distance, put them in the lens, uh, in the frame. They weren't perfect. They didn't always stay in place. They did fall out sometimes. Um, but yeah, that's sort of credited to him on that day when it came out. You know, that, um, means, that, that means it's mm -hmm. three, three years before uh, the indigenous of uh, this nation was still enjoying themselves. Yes, true, true, true. Um, someone who wasn't enjoying themselves in 1934, American outlaws Bonnie Parker uh, and Clyde uh, Barrow. Clyde. Oh, right. Yes, they were killed by police in an ambush in Louisiana. Um, for those who aren't familiar with what the pair did, they were, um, I think they were childhood sweethearts. Um, and they created um, a gang robbing um businesses and banks in during the depression for three years uh between 1931 and 1934 uh but then yes uh they got uh ambushed at uh in that town called sales in louisiana and got um uh mowed down by the police 130 bullets i think it was yeah 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 they they checked uh there's pictures of the car afterwards it's pretty mm. horrible stuff yeah, yeah, I've got the photo in the link here, but I'm not sure why they were so aggressive towards them because, um, I from I mean, I've seen the film, I haven't read the book, but there's a really good film, Bonnie and Clyde, a, mm. a moderately recent one that's an absolute cracker. Um, and um, and it's sort of depicted, uh, that they're not terrible, terrible, terrible people, like they don't, I don't think they go out of their way to be violent towards. Um, police or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. They did kill several police during their robberies, so. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they sort of deserved getting shot. <laughs> yeah, they probably did, but there was a little bit of overkill. If you, if you saw the car, I mean, it was a little bit ridiculous. There's only two of them. Yeah. Um, well, they you know, wanted to make sure that they weren't. Getting away. That they were actually dead. Yeah, that they really were dead. <laughs> yeah, well, 150 bullets will probably do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, I thought it was a bit of overkill. But anyway, yeah, you've got yeah. a point. Yeah. 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 And my last one, um, in 1969, the BBC orders 13 episodes of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, oh, excellent. Yes. Max, excellent. yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was listening to John Cleese the other day and um, – he, he was saying uh, there was a certain, I can't remember what season it was, but there was a certain season um, of Monty Python and he said he just had enough. He was he was over it. Yeah. And, 
And and the other thing I found out too, he said that he is writing a new Foldy Towers. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. It's... Yeah, well, yeah, it will be because he has a battle with uh, woke conversation mm -hmm. on, on the web quite often. And I still yeah. can't work out what side he sits on. I don't mm. I don't know because because I know I know the actual definition of woke. I actually know what it means and I'm mm. more than happy to stay woke because it means to stay educated, stay informed and um etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But mm. the way they they've just um appropriated the word woke to mean whatever the hell they want it to mean. Yeah. So you know but anyway that's another whatever. Anyway, um yes. digressing as usual. So as we'll just Absolutely. So that's fantastic, uh, Wendy. Brilliant stuff. Just about to go into science, but before we do, science. Science. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about an Australian uh, marine scientist who has led a team to map, provide a, a, an online mapping tool that reveals the marine life on ocean floors. Um, it's a world first continent scale internet portal um, led from uh, by a scientist in Hobart's Institute of Marine and Antarctic Studies. Um, and it was led by Dr. Emma Flukes. Uh, so she basically, she said that it brings together really big data streams from national research aggregators from around Australia and delivers it through a single mapping portal where you can interact with the data in a highly visual way. Um, I did have a video of it, but considering we've got issues with videos, I'm going to tempt fate and see if I can get this working. Yeah, it looks like um, a, a bit of a cracker with the video. Well, you did get the other one um, sort of up there in the end. so Yeah, I'll so I'm going to use the same method. Keep my fingers um, crossed. I don't think there's any audio to this one, so it's really just a visual thing. Oh, so okay. You might so, have to explain it on the pod then. Yeah, so it's basically a map of Australia, and it's a bit like, Google Earth. Do you remember Google Earth where you could zoom in um, and get details of, uh, yeah, absolutely. of the surface of the, of the planet? Yeah. This is something similar, I guess, where oh, wow. it zooms in and, and as you get further and further down the uh, surface of the ocean, you can start digging in or swim, maybe? Swim through sure. the ocean? and get to the bottom of the um, floor and, and start uh, working out for some research teams around the world might want to go, okay, I need to do research on blah, blah, blah. Let's see if this area is suitable for that. Um, so you can see so, it's... So are we looking at the marine floor? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah, so they're starting to zoom in on, on parts of canyons, like this one is now called Henry Canyon. Um, then they they progress now to Hood Canyon, so you can. So this is alive via satellite, straight so into the 
bottom of the No, marine. so they would have used no. underwater um, uh, vessels to map out the ocean floor. Right. And, um, yeah, and so they, so all these other companies, science um, research centres around Australia have created their own maps, but they've, what this team in Hobart have done is um, collected all that data and made it available or making it available so that people can use it uh, for their research. It's a bit similar to the way astronomers use telescopes that have wide angle. They take pictures of the whole s s night sky and it's not perfectly detailed, but it's enough so that people who want to study a certain uh, part of the sky, they can go, okay, I need to investigate this part. I need, let's do some initial investigation. Okay. And then they go into detail with their own other telescopes or other instruments. That so, sounds amazing. And I'm sure the marine scientists, yeah, absolutely. Mm. As Vicky says, super cool. I totally agree. It sounds, yeah, it sounds amazing. The uh, marine scientists must be absolutely wrapped with this. So mm. who actually designed it again? Sorry. Uh, so it's come from the uh, Hobart, uh, Hobart's Institute of Marine and Antarctic Studies. Oh, yes, I've, I've walked past that. Um, oh, yeah. I, 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 I have a feeling, I'm not sure, but we had a magnificent guest on a while ago, a First Nations um, yes. scientist. I think Hannah, she studied down there. Yeah, she studied at, uh, I think it was University of Tasmania. Yeah. And yeah, so wasn't it this one, but yeah. Yeah. So she was she was University of Tasmania, but she was in Antarctic Studies or something, I think, wasn't she? Uh, possibly. I can't remember now. Um, but anyway, sorry, it just um it just clicked when you were you were talking about <laughs> um Hobart yeah. and Marine, that was all. So but uh, no, that's yeah. awesome. That's really, yeah. really cool. And you'll have that link in the show notes so we can have a do Absolutely. a little bit of Google Earthing and uh, yes. yeah, check out the marine floor. That's really cool. Absolutely. Nice work. Nice stuff. Nice stuff. Well, I've got some, um, uh, well, I don't have a lovely bunch of coconuts, but I do have <laughs> a lovely, huge mushroom. So check this Ooh, out. Some shrooms. Yeah, I'm doing mushrooms. Here we go. Oh, okay. Watch out, yeah. everyone. He's doing mushies. There they are. <laughs> They're big buggers. Look at the size of that. Um, wow, that's a big pizza that you. It is a need. very big pizza, and uh, that on. it's it's very interesting because <clears throat> excuse me, I've been doing uh, quite a bit of uh, research and listening, etc., on fungi lately, and uh, just realizing more and more the actual um, uh, absolute necessity and um purpose of fungi in uh ecosystems and mm. they're they're unbelievable what i found yeah. out was that fungi certain fungi is able to decompose toxins and poisons nice um they're, they're absolutely incredible i mean if we didn't have fungi in the forest we would just have wood stacked up until you know like I don't know, 35 stories of wood in a forest. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because that's what the funky do. They decompose all the wood. It's mm. it's just, it's amazing. They are unbelievable. They used to be part of the plant 
um, a family, if you like, mm-hmm. but they've separated them um, a while ago into fungi, uh, just into fungi. Yeah. Um, they're, they're almost more like um, a person than they are um, the way they live. Um, not a person so much, but you know what I mean. Um, more of a, they have families? A, a, well, they do, and it, it's more <laughs> than, it's more than um, an animal. Mm. Uh, sort of more of an animal than a plant yeah. because of the yeah. way that they do live, etc. Because they, um, there's a there's a certain ant um, called a zombie ant, and the reason mm. it's called a zombie ant is because what it does is it leaves lives on this particular fungi, and when it bites into this fungi, mm. the fungi basically makes the ant um, uh, come under its control. If oh, you like. Wow. And um, and basically what it does, it gets the ant to do certain things into the fungi so the fungi can um, uh, um, expel more of its spores mm. into into oh, where it is so it can get more. Yeah, it's absolutely. What, what I will do is one time when we do science or whatever, I'll get a, a full-on on fungi, not just mm. the mushrooms we have today because yeah. they are un- – I, yeah, I've just totally mm. been blown away by it. In fact, we've got a fantastic book. Uh, in the house uh, on fungi, so I'm really looking forward to reading oh, that. Wow. But anyway, oh, I'll have to peruse that when I'm down there. You definitely 100% can, no doubt about it. So anyway, a cluster of giant mushrooms has popped up at Cockatoo Lake Recreation Reserve near Narracourt in regional South Australia, oh. which is a couple of reasons that's interesting. Which is a really good friend of mine um, grew up in Narracourt. So there you go. Mm. I die if you listen. And some good caves there as well that you can explore at night. Yes, absolutely there is. Yeah. That is hundred percent true. Um now these mushrooms that you just saw the pictures of are called large bolites, and they usually appear in grassy areas near native trees and they can grow up to a meter wide. So wow. that's you don't want to mow those babies. No. Um and <laughs> ecologists says there've been reports eating bolites can cause gastrointestinal issues. Yes, I'm mm. sure. But don't be eating those mushrooms. No. So um, the mushrooms are believed to be Belides, as I said, which are not commonly reported in regional South Australia. Uh, Belides are considered to be Australia's largest terrestrial mushroom and usually appear after soaking rains in uh, during autumn. Now, I've, I think I've seen stuff similar to this, but I don't know if I've ever seen one a metre wide. So... Mm. Um, it's yeah. the first time I've seen big ones. There are at least six there, Mr. Letty said, and I know he was talking about mushrooms. <laughs> While the giant fungi had been spotted in the southeast over the years, he said these mushrooms were amazing to uh, see, given their size. I didn't know much about them until I got them home and Googled them after seeing them. They can grow up to a metre wide. So I've got a fantastic picture here um, that you will like. So have a look at this. Wow, that is huge. It is interesting shape as well. It almost looks like um uh like a UFO. Well, yeah, I was thinking a stingray. If you put like a tail on the oh, end of the one yeah. on the right, you can, and, and a little you know, a couple of feelers coming out, you mm. could almost be a sort of a stingray. But yeah. um but yeah, no, it's it's just it, they are phenomenal. Seriously, they are just unbelievable. Anyway, oh you're gonna love this last photo, I'll show you in a second. When I first saw them, I thought it was a pile of firewood left by campers. You're going to love this. Everyone's going to go, aww. 
look at that. I bet Safety. you that's comfortable too. I bet you yeah. it's comfortable. But it's probably uh, warm as well. Yeah, it probably is. I'm thinking it's toxic as well. But uh, uh, for for those <laughs> listening on the potty on the podcast, yeah. there's a little mushroom. baby, probably not even a year old, sleeping on top of one of these mushrooms as if it was a bed. Yes, it's very very cool. But we will put the link in the show notes as yeah. we always say. Um, so we often search Panaway Conser- uh, Conservation Park for fungi. So he was very excited. The size of these were very impressive and different to what we usually find. The underside are sponge-like instead of gills. He said some of the mushrooms were at least 40 centimetres wide. So um, uh, Mr. Puliu has co-authored a guide for forages called Wild Mushrooming. So you can look out for that one. According to Atlas of Living Australia, Philebus marginatus, are typically found, they're the Belites we just talked about, typically found in the forests of southeastern and southwestern Australia, uh, which I believe will be not us. That wouldn't be us, would it? No. no. Southeastern. Southeastern? No, no, we're not southeastern. Uh, oh, no, we are. We are southeastern. Yeah, 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 we are southeastern. Southeastern, yeah. southwestern Australia. So, yeah, yeah. we are. Yeah, you yeah. are southeast, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're southeast Queensland. Yes, that's exactly right. One specimen found in Victoria reportedly weighed 29 kilograms. So there you go. Yes, nice and heavy. And, oh, and I nearly forgot about it because mm-hmm. we we haven't done it for a while, but now it's time for... My brother-in-law was addicted to the hokey pokey. It was now it's here, time for... <laughs> Choke up a week. It is. Uh, I'm going to go and first. I've just got one. No, I'm going to go first. I'm going to jump in. Why did I the wanted... Scarecrow... Oh, all right, no, no, you go. No, no, go. No, you started. No, you started. Right. Go. Why did the Scarecrow win a Nobel Prize? Uh, no idea. He was uh, outstanding in his field. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got I've got one that's related to your story just now. How much room does fungi need to grow? Oh no, you just shit. Oh come on, no. What? You've lost me. No, you're back. Okay. All right. How much room does fungi need to grow? Go on. As much room as it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one very similar to that. Why are peppers the best at archery? Uh, no. Because they have an arrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I programmed a pirate game, but users said the main character looks not enough like a pirate. There will be a patch soon. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible, Muriel. I'm sorry, you're getting one of these for that. Uh, what did you. the duck say after the bought uh, after what did the duck say after she bought chapstick? Uh, no idea. Put it on my bill. 
<laughs> I've got one more, and then we'll go to Vicky. Who? Yes, we will. We will definitely do that. I can yeah, see a comment it. there. Yeah, um, my last too. joke is: um, I visited my doctor today. He told me that I'm going deaf. That was difficult to hear. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very right. nice. Okay, so, bring us home, Vicky. We're about to wrap up. Okay, here we go. What do you call someone who steals Viagra? I do not know. Now I'm waiting for the answer because I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> How do you keep a full in suspense? Same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope she's not. Come on. Give us the answer. We need the answer. Yeah, okay. right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. What do you call um, someone criminal. who steals Viagra? A hardened criminal. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. In fact, it's oh, so nice. nice. I'll just stop that for a second and I'll just pop that in because I think you deserve yes. one of those. Vicky, yep. very, Vicky very good. deserves it. She does. She's been hanging out before we even started. So, because we have had uh, tech issues, but that was at the start. It was okay when we got going. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. Um, look, uh, thank you for anyone who joined us tonight. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you for people listening on the pod. Um, uh, next week, we'll have Dan Illick, um, according to my calendar. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that is still on the card. So, Dan's usually yeah. pretty damn good, so I yeah. assume it will be. So, yeah, so yeah. we'll get our people to talk to his people, and we'll have him on the show next week. Exactly right. It should be very, very good. And what else we do on top of that? We haven't worked that out yet, but we will, we will get there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't so, forget to um, subscribe on our uh, Substack, as you can see below. Our email is blurtstar at gmail.com, Twitter, at blurtnew. Uh, what's the other one? Spoutable should be at blurtnew as well. Yes, and it should be. Yes, reach out to us. Happy Absolutely. To do do that. You have. Absolutely, 100% what Wensy said. And also, um, please keep your eye on the Yes campaign. <laughs> um, please keep your eye on the Yes campaign. And um, if you've got any questions, just go through that uh, page and they will answer it for you. Uh, probably yep. There is so much information up there. And I think um, what I'll do, um, Wensy, maybe if you can put the link out again on the course. I think it's a course for the Yes. Yes, loading. there was. Uh, yep. So you want this one? Yes. Excellent. Nice. Excellent. Yep. So from the heart.com.au forward slash education, from the heart.com.au forward slash education, and you can find out everything you need to. We will see you next week with Dan Ellick. We look forward to it. Thanks for joining us. And uh, good night. Good night, everyone. See you, Wednesday. The New Blurred is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstar, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, it's blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off the Glass production. It's brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.